This is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Service already. I mean, witnessing three baptisms, three lives that have been changed, three lives that have been saved by Jesus. This is what it's all about. As I said, this is what our church wants to be all about. This is what God is all about, changing lives. And we're, we're excited to be here. We're excited to rejoice with this family. And we're excited to actually start a brand new teaching series today in Romans chapter 8. So over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking through this incredible chapter. The book of Romans has actually uh, probably been referred to as the best summary of the Christian beliefs in the Bible. And if there was a, a hall of fame of Bible chapters, Romans 8 would definitely be in there. It's just so, so good. So I invite you to turn in your Bibles now to the book of Romans, Bibles, Bible apps, Romans 8, verse 1. And now it can be a little bit tricky to kind of just jump right into the middle of a book of the Bible and not really understand what's going on. It's kind of like watching the second movie in a trilogy before seeing the first. However, Romans 8, as we see over these next weeks, it can kind of, in some sense, stand alone as a beautiful and thorough description of the new life, new status, new identity, new future, new hope, and new joy that we have in Jesus Christ. And what we're going to see today is that every person that trusts in Jesus is set free from sin, set free from condemnation, and given this new life. So let's read Romans 8, verse 1. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Press pause. Whenever you're reading the Bible and you see a therefore, you need to go backwards. You need to see what comes before. You need to gain understanding the context to see what the therefore is there for. Okay. Now, we don't have time to go through all seven chapters beforehand, but I'm going to give you a little bit of a summary, some background information, so t- leading us right into Romans 8, verse 1. The first three chapters of Romans are basically a, a pronouncement of judgment on the entire human race because of our own sin, our failings, our wickedness, and how much we deserve punishment from God because of that sin and rebellion. Thankfully, Jesus has come. He saves us. He forgives us. Chapters 4 to 6 go on to explain that we can be fully justified by our faith in Christ. It means declared innocent. And that we are now to be considered dead to sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. And baptism is this beautiful picture of that. Dying to the old life, rising to the new life, following Jesus. And then there's chapter 7. Chapter 7 goes on to explain that while very good, nothing wrong with it in and of itself, the Old Testament law cannot fully save us and we are unable to attain righteousness on our own merits, on our own efforts. We just continue to fail no matter how hard we try. And it finishes with this cry of desperation from the Apostle Paul. So if you actually want to flip back a little bit to Romans 7, Verse 24, the Apostle Paul, understanding, feeling the weight of his sin, though he tries as much as he can, he recognizes that that he continues to fail, and he says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Totally desperate. Sin is so terrible, and yet I give into it so often. I can't save myself. I need a rescue. Who's going to rescue me? Verse 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
And you may be sitting here this morning and you're like, what do you mean wretched man? What do you mean needing deliverance? What do you mean rescue? Why do I need a rescue? What, what's, so, what's so bad here? Well, because we've sinned. And you say, okay, well, what, what's so bad about sinning? Everybody sins, right? Well, sinning is, is more than just making a mistake. Sin is violating the law of God. God is the creator of the universe. He's the, the law maker. He's the judge. And we have gone our own way instead of following his ways. We've broken his laws, disobeyed him. And because of that, that leaves us guilty before him. We are law breakers. You may not like to hear that. I don't like to hear that. But it's what the Bible says, that we're guilty of breaking God's laws. And since we're guilty before God, we deserve to be punished and we stand condemned. Now, condemnation means that there's, a, there's punishment as a result of a sentencing, okay? Because of the, our sin, the sentence is guilty. Guilty before God. Now, some of you may, may, may have felt guilty or condemned by other people, and I don't want to minimize that at all in your life, but this is, this is a, a different kind of level of condemnation. This is a vertical relationship. This relationship matters more than any other relationship that you may have or ever will have. You may feel condemned by other people, and if that's happened to you or if that does happen to you in the future, I know that's hard and it's horrible, and, and, and I get that, um, but ultimately what matters most is, am I standing condemned before God? Does he say I'm condemned? Does he say I'm guilty, or does he say I'm not guilty? And Paul says in Romans 8.1 that there's no more condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So there's this some way that the sentence of punishment can be removed. We're guilty sinners, we're lawbreakers, we, we've disobeyed God, and yet we can be confident that we will not be punished. Why? Some of you here, you know the answer and you just want to say it out. Why? Okay, nobody here knows the answer. It's Jesus. Yeah, you were ready. You were ready to say, I think it's Jesus. I think it's Jesus. The answer is Jesus. God sent his only son, Jesus, in our place, our place, our substitute, so that there would be no condemnation for us, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be declared innocent. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And just to be very clear, when Paul says there's no more condemnation, he means no more condemnation. Not like, oh, Jesus has taken away some of the condemnation or most of the condemnation. All of it. There's no condemnation that remains. No more, none, not a zip, zero. It's all been taken away by Jesus. This is the glorious truth of the gospel. This is the good news, right? Good news that I don't have to be condemned for my sin. I don't have to. Every person that trusts in Jesus is set free from sin, free from condemnation, and receives new life. But again, you might sit here and think, that is great news. But how does that work? How is it, how is it possible for, for sinners like us to simply have our sentence of guilt taken away? Well, it's possible that there's no more condemnation upon us because Jesus Christ died for us. We're going to look at this a little bit here. Christ died for us. You may have heard this many times before, but you can never hear it enough. The eternal Son of God left heaven, took on flesh, became a, a legit human being, lived a perfect life, and then died on a cross three days later, rose again. And he did that for you. 
He did it for me. He did it for you. And he did it because he loves you. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God shows his love. His love. He shows his love. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While still sinners, he intervened. Guys, we should suffer and pay for our sins. They are our sins. And yet, he comes along. We don't have to suffer because he goes forward in our place. You want to remember the gospel? Four words. Jesus in my place. Okay? Jesus in my place. He offered himself as the sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sins. And I mean all of our sins. Again, not some of the sins, most of the sins, 90%, there's a little bit left sin. All the sins, past, present, and future. And he did that so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be set free, free from the guilt, free from the shame, free from the fear, free from the sentence of punishment, free from condemnation that was hanging over our head. Romans 8, 1 to 3. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has done what? Has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. We couldn't do it. We couldn't. So God intervened and he condemned sin by sending his own son for you. So you could know him, be with him. And I want to make something really clear. When you read Romans 8.1, and some people, we love this verse, we love maybe to memorize it, which you should. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's a really, really important distinction here. Those that are in Christ. What does it mean to be in Christ? It means united to him by faith. But not everybody is united to Jesus. Not everyone has been forgiven and set free by Jesus. Not everyone has recognized their sin before God, turned from it, and placed their faith in Jesus, the only way to be saved. Not everyone has done that. Not everyone can just open up Romans 8.1, read it, and claim that promise. Each person must individually repent of their sins, turn from it, and place their faith in Christ you don't, you don't become a Christian um, by association. Just because you have friends or family members that happen to believe, you're just like, I'm going to absorb their faith like osmosis or something. It doesn't work that way. You can't say, oh, I'm good because my brother loves Jesus or my aunt loves Jesus or my mom loves Jesus or my friend loves Jesus. Each person has to place faith in Jesus. And by the way, coming to church, just simply attending church, Coming into a church building on a Sunday morning doesn't automatically make you a Christian. Some of you say, oh yeah, I'm good, I go to church. Guys, coming to church doesn't make you a Christian the same way going to McDonald's doesn't make you a Big Mac. <laughs> it just doesn't work. But, we, we, but so many of us, we, we live that way. Oh, I'm good, I go to church, right? Okay? Each person has to individually place their faith in Jesus Christ and turn from their sin in order to be saved. We heard three testimonies today 
from one family, but three individual testimonies. It wasn't like, well, one believes, so then they're all good, right? Each person declaring, I belong to Jesus now. He has saved me. He's brought me from darkness to life. Each person needs to do that. No condemnation for those who are in Christ, which means, though, that condemnation remains on those who are not in Christ. We don't like to talk about that a lot. So the big question, perhaps the biggest question of your life this morning is, where are you at today? Are you in Christ or are you outside of Christ? Have you trusted in Jesus? Can you say there's no condemnation on me anymore? I'm free from condemnation because of Jesus or are you still under condemnation? You don't have to be under condemnation if you are. You can come to Jesus today, like today. You can experience the sweet relief of forgiveness of sins. Turn from them. Put your hope, put your trust, your confidence in Jesus. Like today, right here, right now, you can be forgiven. All shame, all guilt, all fear of eternal punishment, relationship with God, all those kind of questions can be answered today. Today. This could be your day. It was, it was baptism day, but this could be your day of salvation. And if there's any inkling in your heart at all, you're thinking about this just like this most tiny amount, don't leave here without talking to somebody. I'm telling you, there's nothing more important today than dealing with your own salvation. Everything else can wait, okay? Doesn't matter what it is. This is eternity. Talk to somebody today. And for those of us who are here this morning and you say, you know what, I am a believer in Jesus. I have put my hope and my trust in Christ. This is a huge reminder for us to tell more people about Jesus. Romans 8.1 is a reminder that there is condemnation still on other people. So as we saw that video, who's your one? We all know at least one person right now that doesn't follow Jesus yet. They're not following Jesus yet. Just think about one. I mean, look, look around the room. Look around the room. Look around the room. We're here in one service. If each one of us talked to one person and that person happened to place their faith in Jesus, which is what we pray for, Two services again. <laughs> but, but honestly, beyond two services and all the kinds, eternity, life changed, salvation received. One person, each one of us has one person. And we pray and we ask God, use us to reach one person, one person at a time. Jesus died for us, and so now there's no condemnation for us, which is incredible, the love and the grace and the mercy of God, but it's actually not the whole picture. There's also no condemnation on us because Christ lived for us, because Christ lived for us. And this might seem a little bit backwards to talk about Jesus' life after talking about his death, but it's what we're doing today. And it's really important for us to get this. I think um, it's crucial to understand, not just intellectually, more facts about the, the breadth and, and the depth of the gospel, but then to take that intellectual knowledge that we learn and see that it's actually going to impact our lives and our perspective day to day. Our whole worldview shifts. Because I find that people seem to grasp the idea of Jesus' death uh, a lot more than his life. 
We seem to understand, oh yeah, Jesus died on the cross for me at his sacrifice, which is, uh, you know, it, it, we needed that. And it's absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. I've been set free from this massive debt that I used to owe. Amazing, hallelujah, amen, praise Jesus. And I don't want to minimize that at all, but clearing your debt, as good as that is, only brings you up to a neutral position. So financial terms, you owe a whole bunch of money, but now that debt's gone, amazing, but now your balance is zero. So you don't owe anything anymore, which is incredible, but you also don't have anything in your account. No merit of your own. This is why it's so important for us to understand the full breadth of what Jesus has done for us. Back to verse 3 of Romans 8. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Jesus didn't just die for us, but he lived a perfect, sinless, completely righteous life. And he's the only one that's ever done that. He's the only one that's, that's never broken God's law. He met the righteous requirement of God's law so that when he died and rose again, he not only can take away our sins, but he actually transfers his righteousness to all who trust in him. His righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 helps us explain this. Look at this a little bit. For our sake, he, that's God, he made him, Jesus, just to clarify that, to be sin who knew no sin. He had never sinned, okay? So that in him, read it carefully, read it slowly, read it again, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We, you, me, lawbreakers, sinners, we might become the righteousness of God. This is called, uh, theologians will refer to this as the great exchange. We have a diagram coming up. I made it. It's really good. <laughs> but it, it's simple, but it's effective. Jesus takes our sins, but gives us his perfection, his righteousness. See, the moment a person trusts in Christ for salvation, God declares that person as innocent now. He thinks of your sin as being totally forgiven, fully paid for, and as Jesus' righteousness as belonging to you. That knowledge should change your day. When was the last time you woke up and you looked at the mirror and said, oh, hi, righteous one? <laughs> Normally not, because we understand that we're pretty bad. And we make mistakes, even if we try and have a good day. But because of Christ, we can look at the mirror and say, wow, I do not deserve to be called righteous one, but he has made me righteous. Yes, wow is right. Wow. It should change our day and change our life. When you belong to Jesus, you are made right with God. And because you're made right with God, you have peace with God. Romans 5.1 tells us that we have peace with God. Since we've been justified by faith, declared innocent, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace. There's, 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 it's been reconciled. There's no more animosity between us and God because of what Jesus has done for us. And so when you go to bed, you can lay your head down. And amidst everything that's happened in a day, good day, bad day, something in between, and say, because of Jesus, I can go to sleep and I can rest because I'm at peace with God. Everything else may be in chaos in your life, but God and I are good because of Jesus, and I can go to sleep 
Because whatever else happens, my eternity is sorted out. And then you can sleep. And hopefully you sleep easy. The good news of the gospel is that because of Jesus, there's nothing you need to do to be more accepted by God. And there's nothing you could do to be less accepted by God. It's all Jesus. You are forgiven. You are innocent. You are righteous if, 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 if you are in Christ. This is the truth of the Bible. This is what Scripture teaches, and it's so crucial for us to remember it, to learn it, 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 to remember it, to gospel ourselves. Because if you're like me, we, we forget things, or we don't feel it certain days. I don't feel righteous. I don't feel innocent. I don't feel forgiven. Maybe you feel like a failure. You feel like a lawbreaker. You feel like God's ashamed of you. God's embarrassed by you or something like that. But remember, he's, he's not looking at you. He's looking at Jesus and his perfection. So we need faith. We need truth over the feelings that we experience because those feelings, they come at us so hard sometimes. We need truth. We need to go back to the Bible, back to the Bible. The righteousness of God because of Jesus. Condemnation, you know, just comes at it from all different angles. The law condemns because we break it, right? Try as we might, we break it, and so it condemns us. People condemn us. Maybe we, uh, we disappoint them, or we don't measure up to their expectations or standards, or they're just mean. They say condemning things, do condemning things to us. But even our own heart my heart condemns me. Maybe you've been there too, and your heart condemns you. Some, some, some situation has happened, and, and then all of a sudden these thoughts start coming into your brain. And, and, and sometimes, yes, I believe it would be from Satan himself, but often I think it's just from our own hearts. And these thoughts, maybe, maybe you can identify to some of these. I've had some of these thoughts. Hey, you're not good enough. You're just a failure. You should quit. You can't do it. You're never going to be able to honor and obey and follow God anyways. You're never going to be good enough. And that's when you say, you're right. I'm not. Jesus is. I'm not good enough. And he went in my place. He lived for me. He died for me. He's taken away condemnation from me. He's set me free. He's made me righteous. He's given me new life. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Father God, we praise you this morning for your great love and mercy towards us. As we learned again in a fresh way, we are guilty of rebelling against you and breaking your laws. We are the ones who, who deserve judgment. We deserve punishment and condemnation. And yet, you sent your son to intervene because of your great love for us to take our punishment, to pay for our sins. Thank you. Thank you for, for his perfect and righteous life. Thank you for his sacrifice 
dying on the cross. And God, I pray again for anybody here this morning they have not yet put their trust in you. Maybe they're wrestling through it right now. Would you move in your hearts today by the power of your Spirit? Bring them to the place of, of, yes, conviction of sin, but then also turning from sin and faith in you and experiencing the forgiveness and the love and the acceptance and the peace that comes from knowing you. We ask, we ask, Lord, for salvation today. And Lord, for those here this morning, that they're believers, they know you, they love you, I pray that they would be so encouraged this morning by the truth of your word, what your word says. You have taken away condemnation. We are free because of your son. We've been made new. We've been made righteous. Grant us grace now to walk in this new life by the power of your spirit, so we can truly follow Jesus well and use us, use us to tell more people the good news that there is no more condemnation in Christ Jesus. Amen.